Um, yeah. you, you sound good, which is all that matters. Right. Well, I mean, I have a nice velvety voice. <laughs> well, welcome, uh, Lee Russikoff, to the first ever. I, I, I don't know what to call the SpikeEskin.com podcast besides that. And you were the one that talked me out of Spikeadelphia for the website. So do, you yes. have a, do, you have a, do you have a name for the podcast? Um, let me work on it. I figure by the end of the podcast, I'll have one. Okay. But yeah, Spike Delphia would have been a disaster. Can we call it? Would the... be closed already. It would have closed down. <laughs> now, think about all the money you're making now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm rich, rich beyond my wildest dreams. I never, <laughs> I, I never thought running my website would be so fruitful and and profitable. But boy, I'll tell you, the money is rolling in. <laughs> um. So, uh, Lee Rosikov, are you still at Philly tw- Phillies twenty four seven? I mean, did you, did you do a show today? Is there a show today? I did not do a show today. Wow. I I was told till the end of the season. So wow, that's so I think cr- it's over. It just ends like that. Yeah. Although I was walking into work today, and uh, above Dwayne Morris still had the sign, "Dear Philadelphia, Dear Phillies, We Believe Philadelphia." Which, uh, <laughs> it's probably kind of a little yeah. It's a little late to believe. So what? Or you, it's early, you know. Or it's early. Yeah. So what? You, what are you? What are you of now? Are you just of Comcast.net? What do I call you, Lee Russell? Uh, yeah. Yeah, I, I guess Xfinity.com. Xfinity.com. There you go. Well, um, so am I right in thinking that on some level? you are finding some kind of perverse satisfaction in the Eagles' failure this year? 100%. I, I can't. I, I literally, when things happen bad, I now laugh. I, I, I don't, I, it really is perverse. I've, that's where my relationship with the Eagles is, has evolved. I don't like it, but it's just it's where I am. I don't know what it is, and maybe it's because um, I've always... I've always stood up for Andy Reid a little bit more than most people have. I, I was never, I don't back him like I back McNabb. It's not like, you know, right. under more, but, but I always, I feel like he works hard. He's a smart guy. He's won a lot of games. Like, you know, it, I've always thought it could be worse. I don't care that he doesn't talk in press conferences. And for some reason now, like, I, I know a lot of the, and I know we'll get into it, and I know a lot of it is his fault, but of of everybody in that organization me personally i don't know why i feel sympathy for him but it just like i i'm having trouble being as mad at him as everybody else is right now and i know i know it it I'll, most of it is on some level on one level or another his fault but i i just don't think he went into this carelessly like he may have made mad, bad mis- bad decisions but i I don't know. For some reason, personally, I'm finding I'm I'm finding it hard harder to be angry at him than everybody else is. Yeah, I mean, I guess my my problem is that, and it's always been my problem is that I I feel like he went into it arrogantly, and I know that presumes things on my part, but you know that's kind of my job as a fan and as a writer. Um, you look at all their moves that they've made that has gotten to this gotten them to this point, and it's always been these out of the box, different bold moves which you know you make one or two okay that's you know leadership you make 15 and it just becomes stupidity um look at look at who they take who they draft early they go up and get brandon graham early who you know brandon graham got hurt i'm not making a judgment on how he's played but it didn't seem to be it wasn't the conventional pick not everybody thought he was the guy to go up and get early uh, Watkins wasn't a guy most people had his first round pick. Nate Allen wasn't a guy most people had his second round pick. Jared Page, I mean Jared, uh, not Jared Page, the the guy from Temple that I'm blanking on. Oh, Jaquan uh, Jarrett. Jaquan Jarrett, yeah, I'm sorry. And I mean, and you go up and down. Uh, Daniel Nateo's cut, whatever his name is. I mean, there's uh, Lindley cut already. 
uh, a lot of these moves that they they like these guys who have big motors and they make these big out of the box moves. And I haven't gotten to Juan Castillo as the defensive coordinator, which has been an utter disaster so far. I mean, it's it's unfair because it's a position Andy Reid put him in that he wasn't ready for, obviously. Well, certainly not at this time, and I, I think, um, and I'm, I'm certainly the, the thing about the um, the difference between trying to find out what's wrong with the Eagles and the actuality of what's wrong is the actuality is that there's a million things, and nobody wants right. everybody just wants to blame one thing. But I think one of the million things is I feel like the Eagles this season in particular, and maybe just the Eagles in general, are so based on preparation and so based on being smarter than everybody which I know everybody doesn't like but has worked a lot of times that the I think the lockout hurt them more than they would have imagined it hurt and I think with all the the new players and with Castillo and just with how they run themselves as an organization and I'm I'm not saying this is the only problem I'm just saying that I think I think it hurt them and it's not an excuse they knew about the lockout it's not like they didn't know about the lockout but I think it hurt them um, it seems like it hurt them pretty badly. They just feel so underprepared all the time. And that, that, that doesn't feel like, a, like an Andy Reid thing to me, to be underprepared. They're never underprepared, you know? I, I wonder how much of that is um, just that they don't have, like, a, a backbone. And when I say backbone, they don't have something to go and rely on other than Vic just going out and making a play. You know, they don't really have, like, a go-to whatever it is, like a lot of teams can rely on the run or can rely on, you know, uh, intermediate passing. The Eagles don't do any of that. They just really, all their plays come from Vic making something happen out of nothing. And even to the point where, you know, on that last play that uh, Avon gets stripped on, you know, you can run the ball there. You can, they have to, they have to throw it. They've thrown the ball, what they throw the ball 80% of the time last night. I know, I know they were behind the whole game, but at some point, you have to be able to run the ball a little bit, especially when you have a running back who is running the ball well. They, I think they're averaging like six yards a run. But the the mistakes along with it are like are the, the Jason Avant mistakes and the, the Parker mistakes. And I know, see, everybody wants to, Ed Rendell yesterday on Post Game Live was like, well, you can't blame this on Jaquay Parker. And you don't blame the whole game on Jaquay Parker, but when, when you add up all of those stupid mistakes like they're just so yeah. stupid they just everything is so you know everybody feels like it's the first preseason game to me you know they're just not quite ready i don't even know why of all plays if jaquay parker's only had two days of practice since week one why is he in on on that last play where you know yeah they had to go we, big and he's like one of their big guys that that's the sad part is that they had to go they were trying to stop the run and went big and they didn't have that many but that's that's kind of the Trent Cole injury coming back to bite you a little bit yeah um so the season in general so if i were to ask you is the season salvageable can the eagles save this season i'll, I'll, I'll ask you first what's you playoff a playoff position a playoff spot uh, is that yeah, knowledgeable? yeah, a playoff spot and and a you know if they ended up with a playoff spot and a playoff win, it's an improvement over last last year, I guess. So yeah, let's say a playoff spot and a playoff win is that possible? Absolutely not, not a chance. Zero percent chance. Zero percent chance. So even, that, e- even so, I think I saw it was like five out of two hundred made the something like that. Five out of one hundred who started the season out one and four made the playoffs in this current situation. So like. Technically, there's a 2% chance, I guess, something like that. 
it was something like it was something where it worked out to be two percent. I don't know the exact numbers. So, but I don't. I mean, this this team's a mess right now. Don't you think? Although, although the only you know what you know what the saving grace might be, which is sad to say, is that the whole NFC East is a joke and a mess. So that you know. Are the, if the Redskins win it, are they going to win it at nine and seven? If, is, if that's the number you have to get to, maybe they could still do that. Yeah. So I guess I, I, when I say zero, that, that's exaggerating. I think there's some kind of um, there's some kind of the. I feel like we're going to be tortured on some level, and if if the Eagles go five and eleven, we're not going to be tortured enough. And I, you're right. The NFC is so bad. If the Eagles end up beating the Redskins next week, they're not that far out of the division lead. I mean, they're really not with the Giants losing to the, the Seahawks. I mean, it's not completely out of the question for them to win the division. The NFC East is going to be, you know, the and the NFL's answer to last year's NFC West will be the NFC East this year. So I just feel That'll like That'll still be the NFC West, probably. <laughs> yeah, yeah. The NFC East will be, I guess, second to it. Another NFC, right, yeah. Um, uh, yeah, I, I mean, so I, there's there's a... I mean, look, there's a lot of talent on this team. It, it, it just right now it seems to be running around with its head cut off. That's the biggest thing I, ha- I issue I have with it. I mentioned a little bit earlier. It's the whole offense, the whole team seems to be just waiting for Vic to do something amazing. And Vic's getting – that's the other thing. How, if they're relying on Vic to do something amazing every play, how long does he last? Does he last the season? Well, every game, I think he's going to get hurt. I'm convinced every time he runs, he's going to get hurt. And honestly, I think I put some of it on Vic in that, dude, the not being able to slide thing is irresponsible, and I don't want to hear it anymore. I don't want to hear that you don't know how to slide. Like, if I see him running in the middle of the field and two guys closing in on him, it, uh, bro, you got, you got to figure it out. I don't care if you haven't figured it out before. You have to figure it out now. So, um, so that's bothered me. And I'll tell you, as bad as the defense has been, um, and as many yards as the offense has has racked up, the offense in general has felt so, and I think this is what you were getting to with Vic, has felt so um, hectic and playground-like mm-hmm. that you can't depend on it anyway. And there's been there's been spots in the second half of the year, in the second half of games this year, where even though the defense has blown it, the offense has had an opportunity to go and do something. And because there's absolutely no rhythm, like it, it's almost like the rhythm lasts for half a quarter at some point or a quarter, but then it goes away. And there's absolutely no, there's no like reliability to the offense. So when it comes down to those fourth quarter drives, I just don't feel, I don't feel confident that they're going to drive down the field and score the bar, uh, ball. I don't care how many yards they've racked up and how many points they've scored. There's something, the offense looks wrong. Yeah, and as as much as that's true, it's even more true when you get into the red zone and why they're having so many red zone problems. And you saw a little, you saw a lot of it last year, but you're seeing it again this year because they just don't have something that they can do better than the other team in the red zone. That's really, you know, you can do the playground stuff and trick people out in between the twenties, but once you get in the twenties, you have to beat a team, and they just don't, they don't do that consistently and reliably. And again, it looks to an, another thing that looks like preparation. It, they just look unready. They look like they haven't played with each other. I mean, when you saw Vic come in last year, the amazing thing about Michael Vick and last season was how poised and how calm and how different he looked. 
and then all the season, all of a sudden this year, mind you, his stats are way better this year than they ever were in Atlanta. But the league is way different this year. And when you're looking at all these yards that the Eagles are racking up, and you know, and all the the Eagles records that they're setting, look at the league as a whole. It's almost like a home run hitter in the steroid era that they're racking up yards when everybody's racking up yards. They're nothing special right now as far as racking up yards. That doesn't that it's not winning you any games. And it's and it's almost as if they're not as many yards as they're racking up. They're certainly and this points to the red zone issue. They're not scoring like you know like the the very best teams in the league this year. So I don't care how many yards you're racking up. Yeah, if you're not scoring points, it doesn't really matter. No, no. I mean, I, again, I, I just keep going back to Vic. The one thing he did when he started, um, when he first came in last year, was not turn the ball over. Right, that was one of his strengths. Was not only was he able to make things happen, but he wasn't going to give points away, give turnovers away to the other team, give them short fields. Now that 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 filter is totally gone. He he's just winging it and turnovers. Look, how many games are you going to win in the NFL with five turnovers? You're you're going to win no games. You're not going to you're going to be minus four in turnover ratio and win a game. I I know that the Eagles still had a shot to win that game if Juqua doesn't jump or if. Avant doesn't let that ball come out of his hands. But you know what? Those are games that even if they score there, I, you don't win those games in the NFL. Somehow the Bills would have come back and hold them because you just can't give the ball away that many times. Especially it always with a, comes back to bite. Especially, especially with a bad defense. You can't give the ball away right. five times and not be able to stop the other team, especially when the other team knows how to score points. I mean, you're right. It was a, a recipe for disaster uh, yesterday. So is there... Okay, so there's a, a chance they at least make the season interesting. A chance at least. Is there any way... Um, there's no way that Andy Reid gets fired during the season unless he he decides he doesn't want it anymore, no. right? I mean, no. zero chance, no. right? Yeah, right. No, uh, they're not going to do that. I, it, they might. Uh, I, I could see Castillo. I could see them making him force forcing him to do something as a defensive court, get a new defensive coordinator or something. I I could see like an Asante. That's what I, that's what I would like to see is today have Asante cut. Just do something, and I don't think it's not that I'm blaming everything on Asante, but he's the type of player they can't afford right now. They need to be, be out hustling, out tackling, out executing everyone. They can't have these guys who are jumping routes and guessing, and then when they guess wrong, just giving up. Like that's the opposite. They need to have that workmanlike mentality on defense that they don't have. And to me, you have the extra cornerbacks that. I just would make a statement somewhere. It wouldn't be Jukla Parker going home because that's ridiculous. That doesn't say anything. I, I would go out there and cut Asante. Well, I'd, cu- I'd cut DRC before I cut Asante. I, um, on moving the chains on Philly.com, they have – he – Billick had a thing last week where he was walking during plays, and, and yesterday uh, – it walking, literally walking during plays. And yesterday uh, they had him av- avoiding contact, like like going away from where he thought the tackle was going to be. I mean, th- that's a guy that um, – you know, and I couldn't have said it better than he said it yesterday. Was you can see why the way he's played, and he's not even on, he's not on even on the field half the time that right. uh, that Arizona was willing to get rid of him along with the second round pick. That these, I, I think, DRC is proof that uh, anyone can make a Pro Bowl. I think is is proof <laughs> this year. Well, and the other thing with with this scheme, and I, I think they'd probably take responsibilities away from Castillo rather than shaming him by firing him in the middle of the year. I feel like you know. Maybe they'd, they'd somebody else would be calling the defensive sets or help doing that right. before they'd fire him. But you've taken the 
you know, the strengths of of Samuel, who's always driven me nuts. Like I've never been an Asani Samuel fan, but you've taken the strengths of Samuel and Asamoah and just manning people up um, and playing man and kind of, and they did a little bit more yesterday, but the, you've taken that away from them this year. And the, the scheme doesn't seem to benefit anybody but Jason Babin defensively. The only right. the, the the only person that's getting anything out of this is Jason Babin. Uh, make make it to the sack record, and it seems like they used wide nine less yesterday, and we didn't hear anything from Jason Babin. So I, I don't think it, it's almost like it benefits now. It benefits no one. I I, I do think so. The issue, right, is that they can get pressure now with this wide nine with four guys, so they don't need to blitz. So then if you don't need to blitz, you don't need to play man. I, to me, that's too A, B, C, right? So if you can get pressure with the four, that's not a bad thing. All right, so get pressure with the four. Use, you know, your linebackers and safeties as run support, and then man up your corners if that's what they're good at. I mean, I, I don't think it's that. It's rocket science. It's still football, right? So if, if that's the – if that's the understanding that the wide nine, yeah, you can get a pass rush, but you're susceptible to run. All right, we'll bring the eight in the box and man up your corners. I, it, it doesn't seem that complicated to me. And John Miller, John Miller said the same thing earlier this week when I was talking to him. He said, "Just you know, yes, the linebackers are terrible, and yes, the safeties aren't good enough. But when you look at every team in the NFL, there's nobody without a weakness somewhere in the defense. And the fact is, that the Eagles have too many good players on defense to be this bad. At the end of the day, right. the reason that Castillo and Reed have to sh- have to take." Almost all of this blame is that regardless of how um, it, you know how not good enough uh, Jamar Cheney is or Foku or Nate Allen, no matter how not good enough they are, they should be hideable with the talent that you have on defense, and they're not. They haven't figured out a way to hide those those inefficiencies, and that's that seems to be the biggest problem to me on defense. You can't figure out. You have all these good players, but you can't figure out what to do with them. And I, I won't accept that they're the wrong players to put together. You, you're job is to they're good football players so figure out a way to make it better than it is and they haven't figured out that way at all yeah no i i i couldn't agree more with that i i and i think you know look if it happened one or two games you know if you had a bad start but you got to win some of these games You, you can't start out one and four with the talent on this roster and not look at the coaching and say what what are you guys missing and what what's how are these teams that are supposedly talently inferior to you handling you and handling you for quarters at a time? And so you look at the Eagles, that, that, that's the most frustrating part about the season is that at times they've lived up to the hype. It's just been like these half quarters or this quarter at a time where they've looked great defensively and offensively. The defense has had times where you couldn't do anything against it. And then suddenly just boom, there's a 50-yard run right there and throw it in the middle. Yeah, the, you're right about the defense. The first half of the Niners game against that that terrible Niners offense, they looked they looked shut down. They looked like they had finally figured when they're getting to the quarterback, they look like you can't score against them. Or even I, I, the fourth quarter, the second half of the of yesterday's game against the Bills, they they finally looked like something was coming together. And it it's annoying when I forget what the who the player was that said it afterwards. That felt like said he felt like they were turning a corner a little bit. I don't even I don't want to hear that. Until you know, until you guys allow you know, fewer than than twenty points one game, but I don't want to hear that you're turning a corner. But there, you're right. There's it's there's clearly enough there 
to if you can put a good half together, and it, not only just a good half, but they've looked dominant on both sides of the ball. You have to be able to be at least serviceable for the rest of the game. And they haven't. Right. It's just been feast or famine that with the defense and the offense. It's either they're great or they're just or they're awful. So, which scares me because I, well, what scares me about that is the prospect that well our our coaches out coaching him in game, our coaches out thinking Castillo in game and out adjusting him in game. And I, I know there's only so much you can do in game, but there are, you know, look, if you look at the film and say, Oh, this is how they're stopping us. And we can do this against it. Are the holes that glaring that Castillo's leaving open? And does he not know how to fill them on the run like that? I mean, there was a, I think it was Daryl Tapp last week who said, you know, Juan Castillo is still learning to call defensive plays on the run. Well, that's, you don't do that with a Super Bowl team, supposedly. They're, the Eagles are all in. I hate to use the banners words against them because it seems to be cheap and very Philly. But it, it, the Eagles obviously thought they had a championship roster this year. Um, we all did. Well, if you in, have in that, fairness. then how do, you, how, how do you go and put an offensive line co- coach as your defensive coordinator? Look, if you think he's a defensive guy, fine. Make him your defensive line coach. I, they couldn't. That's the problem, is that Mud wanted to come back as as uh, as just a coordinator. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. And, and then, so then so they had to fill that spot. They wanted to give it to somebody. They thought Castillo, they, everybody likes him. He's fiery. But that's that's the answer for a line coach, for a position coach. Is all those guys are fiery and crazy and wild, and they can be that way. Coordinators can't be that way. The coordinators got to be ground. Well, coordinators got to do their job. And right now, the, the defense is not doing its job. Well, I'll tell you, if Banner thought that it was a championship roster, and we thought it was a championship roster too. Yeah, I wrote a thing today that you know Vince Young's getting killed, got killed all season, and it was stupid for the dream team thing. But if you'll remember, we were. You know, everybody was caught up in the hysteria of this offseason. Right. I mean, you know, there were Super Bowl predictions, you know, everybody, not everybody, but, you know, it wasn't a, a crazy thing to th- say, a crazy thing to say, to say, you know, I think the Eagles are going to be in the Super Bowl this year. So, and, and I think they're, it is a championship roster on some level. I mean, there's enough good players. Maybe it's the wrong mix and maybe the coaches aren't good enough, but I don't think that their problem is talent. There are, I mean, look at the number of teams that have more wins than them. I mean, the, the yeah. awful, awful, the Cincinnati Bengals have more wins than them, you know, like the, and I don't care, the 49ers, I don't care what they did to Tampa Bay yesterday. They were, they're not more talented than the Eagles are. The Eagles have plenty of talent. The Eagles have become this year the, the Redskins teams that we laughed at. All of a sudden, this is exactly, it looks exactly like what happens to the Redskins, <clears throat> what happens to the Redskins every year. Which is a shame because it's going to give the front office the wrong message that you go out and spend all this money on free agents that you lose and you look like the Redskins. That doesn't have to be the case. I I, I refuse to believe that this is because Nam Diasamoah doesn't fit in. You know, the, you got to make guys like that fit in. You go and get Babin. Babin fits in because he's running the same thing he ran in Tennessee. All right, well, you know, make the other guys fit. You have all this talent. It shouldn't. It sh- it really shouldn't be that hard. A good coordinator should be able to figure it out. I didn't see this coming from any distance away. I, I as bad as it is, I I just saw no. I would have bet anything that this doesn't happen, and it just it feels like it's getting worse every week. I just I, did you see? You didn't see this coming at all, did you? Like this? I uh, know. So I didn't see. No, I look. I didn't think they were 
I didn't get necessarily caught up in the hype, but I looked at the NFC East and I didn't think there was really a contender. I thought maybe the Cowboys could contend with them preseason. So I was talking about, you know, I was thinking 10 and 6 this year. I wasn't thinking 6 and 10, that's for sure. So I'm asking you, I'll ask you two final questions. First of all, knowing that they're 1 and 4 now, Eagles' final record this year? And how does um, it, say, how, and how does the rest of the season play out? I guess I guess the the two questions are one and the same. Yeah, I'm gonna say seven and nine. I think they put a little run together here, but it's just you're you're in too big a hole, and there are too many holes on this team. And I just don't. I, Vic would really have to stay healthy the entire year to give them any prayer of being one of those teams that bounces back. And look, you know. The good, the, what the Eagles have going for them, which is what I say all the time about the NFL, the rest of the NFL stinks too, right? That's kind of what you're saying with the talent. Everybody in the NFL, you know, there's so much parity in the league that you can beat anybody on any time aside from maybe the Packers because I don't, I, I don't want to see what Aaron Rodgers would do to this defense right now. But because the NFL is so bad, you know, it gives you an opportunity to win games to put it all together and make a run. That said, I... There's too many question marks on this team right now for me to, to think that this team's going to go and go 9-2 and two the rest of the way. I, I just see that as unrealistic. Well, even the Packers, and, and their defense has looked a little bit better recently, but even the Packers, have, and they, they're clearly miles ahead of the Eagles right now, but even the Packers don't look perfect to me. I, you know, right. I, I could conceive of them being beat in the playoffs you know, somehow it doesn't. Oh, sure. You know, and the the Patriots too. I mean, no team looks perfect to me right now. There isn't that one team that you know, or two teams that is just way beyond everybody else right now. But you're right. The Packers offense is is ridiculous. I, I feel like they'd Aaron Rodgers. He'd score sixty points on the Eagles. I feel he's like on a different level right now. It's, I've never seen anything. I mean, well, I've seen stuff like it. It's Brady that year. I mean, he's literally. Yeah. I mean, there was before the season. You asked me give me one quarterback to win one game, I would have wavered between Rodgers and Brady. Uh, now I'm all in on Rodgers. I'll take Rodgers well, without looking back. What Rodgers has that none of those other, that, that Manning never had and that Brady never had, is that Rodgers can move, too. I mean, he's right. he's not he's not Michael Vick, but he can run a little bit and he can move and he's elusive. And it, it's amazing. And the, the places he puts balls into uh, is is absolutely amazing. All right, so the first question was the record. I'm going to go with 9-7, and seven, and I feel like post, I think... Dude, I had the same feeling uh, somehow. I have the same feeling going into the Washington game that I had going into the Niners game that I had going into the Bills game that, well, they can't lose this one too, can they? <laughs> so I, I feel like somehow they make that that season, not saving win, but, but salvaging for right now when I feel like it's against the Redskins. And then we get the bye week, and, and that's if there's an opportunity to take time and figure things out. I think it's the bye week. And if the Eagles can just get that win going into the bye week, I don't I don't, I don't think they're making a Super Bowl run, but I think staying in the picture for the division or a playoff or a playoff spot is is still in play for them. Um, so then they finish seven and nine. The coach of the Philadelphia Eagles next year at all is the coach of the Eagles next year is is, is or isn't Andy Reid. I think it's going to be Andy Reid. I, I do. I, I don't think. I don't think they're ready to 
to quit on him. Although, you know, you hear all these conspiracy theories that, like, all these picks, all these moves weren't necessarily his, and that, you know, Banner is trying to take over the team, and he's getting less control. I, that, that, I've heard that around. I don't believe it. I, I think Andy gets another year to try to make this work with, you know, maybe with some rules set in place and with a much shorter leash. Here's, here's where I'm going to give you a, uh, a, an olive branch of hope in there because I know you don't want him back next year um, <laughs> is that before Donovan McNabb got traded at the end of that season we were all resigned to and you especially were I think McNabb's just I think he's going to be back I think we're going to get one more year of him and and then right. he got traded so so I just I feel like there's no way that you're ever going to feel like it's really going to happen with Andy Reid until it happens <laughs> with Andy Reid I think, I think more than anything I don't think they'll fire him I just think he'll get tired of it and maybe what what you say starts to happen is they start to try to pull things back from him and he doesn't want to do it that way and and he ends up saying hey maybe it's time for me to leave i don't think there's ever a day where they go andy reed you can't be here anymore i think it's as much on him as it'll be on uh on anybody else so i i I do think there's a chance that he's not here next year i just i don't think he'll be here forever and what scares me is here's here's the only reason it scares me is because the, the only person on a football team that has as much to do with winning and losing as one player on a basketball team is the head coach. That's who I look to. Not even the quarterback has as much to do with whether the team wins or loses as the head coach does. And every time a basketball team gets rid of that player that they feel like they just can't win with, they go right. and they, they win... Either they win somewhere else, or you know, Barkley didn't win a championship somewhere else, but he got to the finals with Phoenix, and they were they were probably the best team in the league. Or you know, they just go, or Kevin Garnett goes somewhere else and wins. And I just feel like, and and the team that they lose just goes into this ten years of disaster. And I'm just so scared of ten years of disaster if Andy Reid leaves. Well, that's the other thing. You got to figure out who's out there. And I mean, like, is it going to be like a cower? Does cower want to come back? Like, you got to you have the opportunity here, assuming that Andy Reid doesn't leave on his own volition, that to you know find his replacement and find the right guy. Right? You don't have to make a trade to get you know a bunch of pieces that don't add up to the sum of their parts. That coaching decision. Look, they only made one so far. This this this. ownership and they made a pretty good call i you know overall andy reed's been a very good coach for this team you can't argue anything but that a very good if not the best not definitely the best coach in the franchise so they've done pretty well for the first time out maybe they'll do well again the next time <laughs> you're so you're you're this amazing mixture of sad and and excited i hear it in your voice that i i just i i'm just uh I'm just done with this whole iteration of the Eagles, and I I don't know, I don't know if just changing the coach would would even get me over that. Like it's 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 not all the coach for me. It's also the ownership. It's the whole way everything is treated around here. And I think look as much as it's Andy, you look at the talent that they've been bringing in the last year, two or three. That's part of the problem here is that everybody they've drafted in the first three or four rounds over. Since Deshaun Jackson has been pretty bad, or I guess Macklin was a good pick. There's good picks in there, but 
overall, I'd be happier if the Eagles just didn't pick until the fourth round. <laughs> After the fourth round, they're good. Yeah. But first three rounds, is they just don't have the track record in my mind. Well, that's what I was going to say to you. Even if they get rid of Reed, you're still probably stuck with Banner and Roseman and Lurie, so, which, is, right. which is, to me, worse than... Then for you, I, I mean, that's more of the attitude that you don't like that even Reed. I mean, Reed, Reed, yeah, I mean, Reed at least is a coach. Reed just annoys me at press conferences yeah. and just annoys me because, he, you know, he just should be, because he is actually, when you talk to him one-on-one, like a friendly and funny guy, but he just doesn't, he is so uh, scared, not scared, he, he is so careful about throwing, not throwing any of his players on the bus. Like you saw even in the Parker thing, he wanted to. Like I don't know if you saw his press conference. Like they asked him, did you tell Chukwa not to jump, that they were just going to try to get you to jump off sides. And he's like, and he like had, he had to figure out how to say this so that he wasn't throwing him under the bus. He won't do that, and I think that's to his credit. I don't. I mean, I, I think that makes him a coach players want to play for. That doesn't mean that you have to be completely terse and uninteresting. And, you know, to me, it just it doesn't do him any favors. It doesn't make him very likable. Well, I'll tell you what, and I'm going to invite you. If, if Andy Reid is not here this year, next year, I'm going to hold a happy hour in honor of Andy <laughs> Reid. You know, just kind of one of those things like, you know, we're not that upset that you're going, but we had a nice time while you were here. If He has certainly, he has become, he has gotten to the point, he's actually joined Brian Howard, actually, as the two guys yeah. who have taken the, 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 the mantle, the crown from Donovan McNabb, where even things that aren't their fault, that they, everything just, it's, it's too late. Like I just feel like there's no way you can salvage public opinion. The Ryan Howard thing, Chase Utley literally the last two years would go through these slumps where he wouldn't hit, and everyone just made up phantom injuries as an excuse for him. Like, oh, he's hurt. He's a hit. That's why I can't swing through the ball. He's got to be hurt. Ryan Howard tore his Achilles on the field on the last play, was obviously playing hurt, was as hurt as, he, as he's ever been all season, could barely move. I mean, we talked about this on Twitter a few times. He used to be a good base runner. He can't, he can't barely get around the bases. Yeah. Clearly playing hurt, and he gets no break, no slack for that whatsoever. No, right? It's all get up and run the first with his <laughs> Achilles. Well, if, can you imagine? Well, first of all, and Hunter Pence and Chase Utley made outs right before Ryan Howard. I mean, right. in the same inning. You know, they were as unclutch as he was. But can you imagine? Think of this. Imagine if that ball, the, the, just the disaster it would have been if that ball sneaks through the infield and he can't make it to first. Uh, he gets thrown out from right. That's field. like yeah. That's like uh, that's like literature. You're you're penning right there. Yeah. What if he that, hit a home run? 